This past weekend of hockey was a little bit of a mixed bag for the Nashville Predators. We'll break down the highs and lows in our weekly plus minus segment and where the Predators go from here as the new year begins. That's today on the Lockdown Predators podcast. Your Locked On Predators, your daily podcast on the Nashville Predators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Predators your first listen of the day. Every single day, we your free daily Nashville Predators podcast that's available to you wherever you get your podcast and on YouTube. I'm Nick Morgan. I'm a writer and editor at OnTheForeCheck.com, and I have a partner in crime. You do. I am Ann Kimmel. I'm a writer and editor at InsideThePreds.com. First off, Ann, welcome to 2023. Yeah, it's so far. It's okay. I'm treading lightly, but it's okay. Happy New Year to you. Sounds like you had a much more fun New Year's Eve. Did which I? Should not, which should Did not I? be surprising. What happened to my college team? Okay, that part, not as great. It was great. We were talking about this before we recorded. If you aren't emotionally invested in the outcome of college football, that was incredible college football to watch. Sure. On the other hand. Yeah. I'm, I'm happy for the people that got entertained on New Year's <laughs> Eve. They're very happy that your football entertained you. At your expense. I, I'm sorry. It's it's quite all right. Yeah. It was. Like, I, I will say if you were a neutral fan or just watching some games, that, that, was, that was certainly a, a good one-two punch of college football. Yeah. And, or, or you could have spent the afternoon – watching a Predators versus Vegas Golden Knights game, like I'm sure most of the country did. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, who wouldn't choose that? I mean, to be fair, great game. It was a great game. And, and going into that game, that is not necessarily where my gastrointestinal system was going to gauge it. So, yeah, it was it was a really great game. The outcome... We'll talk about that. I mean, but, cons- considering with eight seconds left in regulation, it looks like it was going to be a regulation loss for the Preds. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was it was a good little. Uh, it was a little something. Yeah, it was it was like when Ohio State marched down the field, like Philip Forsberg's little hat trick goal with five seconds left. That was kind of the Ohio State. Uh, what was it the the CJ Stroud run for 40 yards to get into the field goal range? You're like, ah, ah, we got you now. Yes. Uh, and then the wait. Yeah, and then and then the uh the overtime winner for Vegas uh was like the um Noah Ruggles kick 50 yards <laughs> wide of the goalpost. It was exactly. like, okay, well, at least we made it entertaining, right? Yes, bless. I mean, can we just all shout out the athletes that have to stand there at the end of the game? Like he, it's it's like being the goaltender. Like I think you have to be a certain 
person to want to play goaltender because in the end your stats are affected and it's just you and a net and a guy with a puck and a stick like let's hear it for those athletes even if they kick the field goal almost the opposite direction like hey for putting yourself out there yeah there you go man yeah. I, I guess <laughs> it's, it's hard if you're an Ohio State fan and you had to deal with that um let's talk uh let's talk about it from the predators perspective though because these were two games right before you and i left i was like the way they're playing this might kind of be what oh, direction they go in to start the new year and they get three out of four possible points they do what they need to do against anaheim we're like you absolutely should not win that or lose that game oh gosh and they not only go out and win that game but they beat the living crap out of anaheim in the process 6-1 win yep. then they go to vegas we know vegas is one of the best teams in the nhl right now True. Uh, and they go in and this is the game that you know kind of hinges on where i want to start the conversation because the predators played well enough to win like they mm-hmm. went out there toe-to-toe with one of the best teams in the nhl and there are some moments where they look like they were absolutely dominating mm-hmm. then, were- like that second period there were some moments that you look back and be like what is this team doing and that's kind of you know i'm glad mondays are plus minus where we can do like highs or lows because it just seems like the concept of <laughs> plus minus describes where this nashville predators team it's like these these moments where you look at it and say, okay, this is this is how they need to play. This is what gives you confidence that maybe they can be like you know kind of a top team in the NHL with this group of players if they make one or two tweaks. And then you see the other end where there's just stretches where you're like, hmm. let's let's just burn this all down. Yeah, it's hard to know, and and it's so frustrating because again, here we are in January. It's very hard to know what is the takeaway with this group after the Dallas loss, Roman Yossi was um, talking post game and was saying, you know, we're a confident group. Like we believe we're headed in the right direction. We just, like you kind of said, we kind of need to make a couple of adjustments. We need to clean up a couple of things. And I feel like we're a really competitive group. And at the time I'm like, Roman Yossi, are you just pretty or are you also smart? Or are you just saying, what athletes say but you go into this vegas golden knights game and at one point you know the predators in the fourth period fourth period in the third period were down four to two and you're thinking you know there have been stretches where vegas ran nashville ragged and then all of a sudden in that third period nashville who had been pushing the whole game like i don't feel like They necessarily took their foot off the gas through the whole game. I felt like Vegas was maybe a little bit the better team, you know, just on paper and in general. But they hung in there the first and second period. The third period, they really pushed. And all of a sudden, you know, you're coming out of Vegas with a point. Now, the Predators have got to start winning games in overtime. That's a whole nother podcast. But against Vegas, I'm thinking, okay, maybe Roman Yossi is right. Maybe this is a confident team. Maybe this is a team that just needs to clean up one or two things. And maybe this is the team they are. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it's one of those things where, you know, we we talked about this 
after the Dallas game, um, while while you were gone, but th- that Roman Yossi quote where it's like, you know, we're getting better. Yeah. And, you know, you, you know, go back, not only Vegas, but that Dallas game, there were some moments where the Predators were absolutely in it and just quality of hockey wise was a great game. Mm-hmm. That Colorado game, uh, yes. that, you know, we saw right before the break. That was like for the first, you know, 30 minutes of that game, you look at it, it's like, dude, the Preds are wiping the floor with them right now. Yep. Um, and you go back and it's just like, you know, you, you watch them and it's like, yeah, they're, they're really good. And then one, it just seems like one thing happens, yeah. like just one, one bad turnover that leads to a goal, one just kind of oopsie play or something yes. like that. One ill-gotten penalty at the wrong time. And it, they just, it looks like they just get stunned where it just like leads to this five, 10 minute sustained pressure where you're just like giving up chance after chance after chance and making mistake after mistake after mistake. It just seems like that's kind of marred the Nashville Predators over this past two weeks. So I agree. I think they're getting better. Mm-hmm. They just can't figure out how to keep that like level of really good play that we're seeing during games and stretch it out towards 60 minutes. minutes. And again, you and I have said this a million times. No one is expecting you to be absolutely perfect for 60 minutes. There's going to be some stretches where you give up a good run to the other team. Um, You're going to make a bad turnover, a bad mistake that leads to a chance. That's fine. But if you're able to manage those and just have six, like, you know, if you're going 60 minutes and 95% of the game, you're playing lights out and, you know, you're doing enough in those 95 minutes to keep the score up, to keep your foot on the gas, then you're going to walk away with the win. Mm-hmm. Preds just haven't been able to do that yet. The, you know, the stretches of negative play are just too long right now, but I agree. You shorten that. And, and I see the way they played against Vegas. I see the way they play against Dallas. I see the way they played against Colorado last week. It's hard not to say that this Predators team is at least going in the right direction. I agree. I agree. And I think we're seeing something really different from Nashville that is very interesting to me because one of the complaints about the Predators over the last couple of seasons and into the early part of this season is this is a team that cannot compete with teams with speed can't compete against Edmonton, can't compete against Tampa Bay, can't compete against um, Colorado. And yet you're seeing the Predators develop kind of this different game where they're not so far away from this identity hockey that's been kind of the big buzzword, you know, this physical forechecking, hard-hitting hockey. But they're also starting to play with more speed. You're seeing more rushes. You're seeing more two-on-ones. You're seeing more of that happen. And I think as the season's going on, we're seeing this team have more than a one-dimensional attack. And I think that is paying off as they get more comfortable with that. Some of these mistakes may clean up and, you know, maybe the Predators are in for, for a good, you know, stretch of games where that speed's going to pay off. It's just looked, they've looked different. And it's funny because they've lost some games they shouldn't have lost. And I don't think we were overreacting when we were like, ooh, what's January going to look like in the Heinz household? Yeah. Uh, but I think they're heading in the right direction. Yeah. Um, later this week, because we got a lot of hockey uh, coming up this week too, to talk about, we're going to talk about maybe what the Predators have done well. 
Uh, so that's coming up on the show. But it's Monday, which means it's time for Plus Minus, where we get through the highs and lows of the Nashville Predators over the past couple weeks. Get to that in one second. But first, want to mention today's show is sponsored by Athletic Greens and their product, which I use literally every day, AG1. Uh, I got this in a free little thing from our AG1 sponsors last year. Was very skeptical about it. Not a big green powder kind of guy. Wasn't sure of like the, the look of it. Wound up putting it in a bottle, shaking it up, giving it a taste. It tasted delicious. And I noticed after a few weeks of taking it, I had more energy. I had more focus, less bloating. Uh, I didn't have to have that afternoon crash nap uh, during my lunch break because I was always feeling mentally focused and awake the entire day. And I owe it all after I started taking AG1. So you might as well, uh, or you might be asking yourself, what is this stuff? Well, with one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day off right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, nervous system, immune system, energy, focus, recovery, aging, basically all of the things. Uh, it's lifestyle friendly. So whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, gluten-free, whatever, it fits into your lifestyle. It's only one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals or artificial anything, but it still tastes great. Uh, we know a lot of you are on your New Year's resolutions right now. You're looking for like a healthy way to start your day. Well, tons of people take some kind of multivitamin, and it's important to choose one with high quality ingredients that your body will actually absorb. And AG1 is a small micro habit with big benefits. And it's the one thing you can do every single day to take care of yourself. They have over 7,000 five-star reviews and recommended by professional athletes and leading health experts all around the world. So right now it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. All it is is one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health and to make it easy. Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one year supply of immune supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL network. Again, athleticgreens.com slash NHL network to take ownership of your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. All right, Ann, talking hockey, it's Monday, and that means it's time for plus minus. This is where we go through the past week of Predators hockey and look for some positive things in the game that we give pluses to and some things that need improvement that we give minuses to. So, Anne, start us off with a plus. Who are you giving a plus to? Well, I think this one's probably very evident, especially after this weekend. But my first fat plus, the fattest plus of the week goes to Mr. Philip Forsberg. Yes. Forsberg, where have you been all our life? This is finally the week where things are coming together. And I spent way too much time down the Philip Forsberg statistical rabbit hole the other day. <laughs> 
just trying to figure out like, what is it that's working? What isn't working? And I think part of what is working is, you know, we talk about John Hines and the line blender, but I think he may have come up with kind of a nice combination with Yusuf Parsonen and Colton Sissons. He has seven shots on goal, four goals to assists. Um, had a hat trick, his ninth hat trick of his career in Vegas. Was, yeah, that's that's a lot of hats, y'all. He is well accessorized. Um, and Forsberg is just finally, and I feel like everybody has been waiting for something to kick in. I mean, obviously last season, incredible season, he and Matt Duchesne, neither one of them has come close to sort of reproducing that. And yet all of the sudden it's starting to come together for Philip Forsberg. And, you know, last season digging into his statistics last season, looked at some different things and he was finishing well above expected. So his expected goals was, you know, for his wrist shot, for example, was 13 expected goals, but he scored 22. So I think we're looking for that anomaly to happen again, and it may not happen again. But what we're seeing is the Philip Forsberg that we saw last season. So shooting better, you know, the the goal that he had, the first goal against Vegas, where he skated in and then kind of skated out and around the perimeter of the net to move Gibson and then shoot that high angle shot for a goal. Oh my goodness. Philip Forsberg is really good at hockey. And, and he is one of those ones where without him, the predators are just not the same team. So the fattest, fattest plus to our favorite little Swedish mustached man, Philip yeah. Forsberg. Yeah, and I want to talk about Forsberg because I had a feeling we're going to be including in our plus minus here. Uh, Five goals in his last three games. Uh, He had three points against Anaheim, too. So uh, including that Dallas game, that's now seven points in the last three for Philip Forsberg. And it's all, you know, it's no coincidence that you look at the last two Nashville Predators scores and see five, four, and six, one, and look at the score sheet and realize, okay, Philip Forsberg is cooking right now. That's who they needed to cook. And like that, that was who they had the little kitchen timer set to (laughs) because Philip Forsberg, you know, with that big contract and that big year he had last year, I think a lot of people looked at that roster and said, okay, of all the guys that you look at and you're like, who's most likely to reproduce the season they did last year. Philip Forsberg to me was kind of that guy. Yes. Because, you know, he's still, you know, young enough that he's got like, you know, some room to grow, um, you know, where there's a little bit left in his game that I think he can still get. We also, uh, if you look at the stats last year, pro- he, you know, the pace he had probably should have had more points mm-hmm. than he had just because he missed so much time with injury. Um, and you look at him this year, you know, these last couple of games, and it's like, this is the Philip Forsberg I thought we were going to get. Yes, I think it's it's important to note that him starting to heat up a little bit and find the back of the net, not only find the back of the net, but set up some really good goals because he had some good plays uh, to set up other offensive chances in that Ducks game. He had two assists in that game. It's no coincidence that you look at that and you look at the Nashville Predators and say, okay, well, it looks like they're playing better the past few weeks and then you check the stat sheet and see Philip Forsberg is starting to find his groove. Um, he's a couple of multi-point games away from being back at a point-per-game pace, which is kind of where you want him to be 
based oh, on the contract you're giving him. <laughs> Gosh, yes. And so much comes out, like you said, mentioning he had assists, so much comes out of and through Philip Forsberg. When you go back and you look at December's games where he struggled, you're looking at one nothing games. You're looking at 2-1 games. When you get Philip Forsberg cooking, you're going to have some games where the Predators can put up six goals, four goals. And that's going to make a difference, not just for him, but for other players on this team. Like, I don't know, UC Soros. So huge to have Philip Forsberg cooking right now. Yeah, I am sure UC Soros is very thankful for <laughs> not having to do the, uh, the, the what you call it, the, the long sustained uh, one, 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 two, one game. Yes. Entire yes. thing. I'm sure he's very thankful for that. Um, and I'm going to kind of go off the board a little bit with my first plus. I like it. Um, this is just somebody that I, I kind of want to highlight. He, he had a goal against uh, Vegas and he had an assist last week against Dallas. Uh, and that's Jeremy Lazan. Okay. And that's a little, it's a little bit off the board. Yeah. Um, and he also, one of the main reasons I want to highlight him uh, is he also has been very, very good on the penalty kill mm-hmm. for the vast majority of this season. And look, we talk about it a lot because there are some plays he makes that it's like, what are you doing, man? Like, what, what is that? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a couple of kind of uh, penalties, but you, you look at him in the last couple of games and when he cleans up his game, when he doesn't make those kind of like, oh, what are you doing type of mistakes, he's a pretty good bottom pair defenseman. Yes. You're starting to see maybe what David Poyle saw in him when not only did he make that trade to get Jeremy Lazar, but he also gave him a four-year deal. Um, yeah, I mean, he's, I think, very underappreciated. You see it a lot. Uh, on the penalty kill, you know, the Preds only had one shorthanded chance, but he and Ryan McDonough uh, were out there. I mean, Vegas had the puck in, in you know, the yes. off zone almost the entire time, but yes. they just couldn't get a lot of good looks because even when they got it there, you know, Jeremy Lazan was blocking lanes. You know, Jeremy Lazan was in position just enough to kind of not give, you know, the shooter a good look. Or he was that, you know, it was you know, either a blocked shot or it was enough of a tough angle that Kevin Lincoln or UC Saros, uh, depending on what game we're talking about, was there to make the save. And, you know, I, I get it. Like, you know, in this new kind of modern NHL, people value – you know, puck possession more so than I think traditional like defensive block shots or hits or, you know, that kind of stay at home defensive stats. But, you know, when you look at Jeremy Lazan and you look at how well this Preds penalty kill has been playing really over the past, you know, couple of weeks and you look and you say, okay, there's value to what he brings to the team. And so I want to highlight that. And plus, you know, a goal, uh, the other night against Vegas. Uh, he looked so surprised. Looked so surprised. <laughs> yeah. Did not look like he was expecting that. So a goal there okay. and uh, an assist in Dallas. So, hey, two points in three games for Jeremy Lazon. So getting it down on the scoreboard, too. I love it. I love it. Do we want to go minus or do we want to stay positive? I don't know. 
just I'm gonna just me. I'm gonna just dip my toe in the minus before we take our next break. Just just okay. want to mention this one in passing. I don't want to dwell on it. I don't want to beat this dead horse. But a minus for me in this past week is oh my gosh, with the turnovers in the defensive zone already. <laughs> like yeah. and there's not a ton you can say about it. Like UC Soros could have had a shutout against Anaheim, but bless his heart, Tanner Janot turned the puck over in the defensive zone, trying to exit the zone, gave them a goal. Same thing happened, bless his heart, Tommy Novak against Dallas, you know, just trying to get the puck out of the zone and just an errant, careless pass. And the next thing you know, you know, it's just, just please, just, it's a gentle egg. Gently and carefully take the puck out of the zone. Don't just like hit it and hope a guy with a shirt that matches yours picks it up because sometimes that's not happening. And oh my gosh, with those turnovers. Oh yeah. my gosh. Yeah, uh, that's that's definitely something you kind of hope they clean up. For sure. <laughs> yeah, that's all I have to say about that. We're going to touch on a couple more minuses. But of course, we'll end on a plus because we are optimists. Before we do that, though, we want to thank you for making Locked on Predators your first listen today. We want you to go and check out Locked on NHL Prospects, especially if you are a Nashville fan, because who is hosting the upcoming NHL draft? Why? That would be Nashville is hosting the upcoming NHL draft. So to prepare you and to prepare us, let me recommend to you Locked On NHL Prospects. It is your daily podcast that covers the next generation of hockey superstars. And it's all going to lead up to the NHL draft in June right here in Nashville. It will have NHL draft rankings and top prospect comparisons for every team. So go and check out Locked on NHL Prospects. It's available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. And I have one minus, and it's a bone I need to pick with the Nashville Predators here lately. Okay. Can we just talk about the overtime? Oh, dude. Oh. Like, Dude. the Predators now uh, have lost four out of their five past overtime games. Uh, we, of course, saw the Predators give up uh, a, a late goal in, against Colorado uh, to get the way of the shootout. We saw them give up a goal the other night against uh, the Vegas Golden Knights. It's frustrating because of the Preds in overtime this year started out pretty good like they're on a run of a, a 4-2 overtime record and then just for whatever reason uh kind of fell off a cliff here over over the past month or so five overtime games um since the beginning of December and four losses in that span um yeah i mean yeah. i get it like you get a point but, you know, I would really love to see the Preds, whether it's a shootout, like get to a shootout, uh, or particularly here lately, you know, get yourself a chance to get that extra point, especially because you have so much ground to make up. Yes. I don't know. Like, I don't know. Maybe you're looking looking at like the 3v3 pairs and saying, okay, is there something that we're doing there that's, you know, Not a little bit off? Yeah. Uh, 
Because it looks like they just don't get a lot of chances in these 3v3s here lately. And eventually they just kind of crack and lead to lead to a goal. Maybe, maybe a thing to nitpick. Yeah, no, I feel that. I'm like, I feel like regulation wins feel just as good as overtime wins. We don't need the extra time to be ready to, to cheer and be excited. So just wrap it up in 60. Wrap it up in 60 or, you know, don't blow it in 63 or whatever. Fact. Fact. I want to throw out one more minus, just one more little minus. I know it feels like we're being negative, but we'll end on a positive. You know who we are. Yeah. Um, I'm going to give a negative to the January schedule. Now, we talked a lot about the December schedule. We've talked a lot about the December schedule. It was brutal, y'all. It was a haul. It was like the Iron Man in really bad weather in Hawaii. And then I flip the page and you look at January and you're like, seriously? The National Predators play teams with winning record all but four. Yeah. Um, and none of the games are gimme games against the team with losing records. So we have Montreal twice. We haven't seen them yet. We'll see them tomorrow night. Um, and then we have Columbus Blue Jackets. Don't know if you remember, but lost to those guys. They lost to one of the one of the few Blue Jackets wins this year. You're welcome. And then who is the other one that we lost to? Um, I didn't write it down. Oh, Ottawa. Lost to Ottawa. Uh, so we see them again. And then St. Louis is kind of just floating in that like weird middle. One one against them, but also lost to them too. Yeah. You know, we're playing the top teams in the Metropolitan Division. We're playing Toronto, who is second right now in the Atlantic. Like, cut us a yeah. break already. And and the Buffalo Sabres, who are like oh, seven, yeah. who have won like uh, eight out of their last ten or something yes. like that. Um, they're on the schedule. The Flames are on the schedule. They're getting better. Uh, L.A., uh, who the Predators lost to earlier this year. Toronto, who, you know, Toronto – uh, Carolina, <laughs> Ovi. I mean, it's a gauntlet. Like, a, schedule is a gauntlet. It is uh, a gauntlet. I mean, I can't wait till February. I mean, I've peaked a little bit at February because I'm like, surely it has to end. And as of now, February looks a little bit easier, but I'm telling you, with this January schedule, the Nashville Predators need to continue on the trajectory they're on if they're gonna if they're gonna want to turn this around because. If, it's going to be a rough stretch. It's going to be a rough month of hockey. Yeah, you're going to have some uh, stretches where you have to be like, okay, we got to prove that we are a pretty good hockey team right there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, and I got two pluses. Yay. And the show on. All uh, right. Would you like to hear the one that's going to make everybody mad or the one that, you know, may only make like one or two people mad? Oh, let's make a mad right off the bat. You want to make the, the biggest mad let's right off the go. bat? Let's All right. Well, I'm going to give a plus to Ellie Tolvanen. Oh, no. If you didn't notice, so so the story here, uh, Ellie Tolvanen has been a healthy scratch uh, his entire tenure with uh, the Seattle Kraken. Uh, just throwing that out there. He finally got into the game yesterday almost a like sort of a full month after or i guess it wound up being like 20 25 days after he was waived by the nashville predators his first game action since november 19th 
Yes. And uh, lo and behold, of course, he gets in there and scores a goal on his first shot with the Seattle Kraken three minutes into the second period. His very first shot with the Kraken is a goal in his very first game. Uh, And he also got some power play time with Seattle last night. Uh, as they're shuffling people around due to injuries. So Ellie Tolvanen, I mean, look, the, the situation in Nashville is what it is. Um, yes. You know, clearly he hasn't been able to find the lineup much in Seattle, uh, considering yesterday was his first NHL game. But you know what? We're cheering for Ellie. We want to see Ellie do well. Absolutely. Uh, and seeing him get a goal in his first shift. Yeah, there's there's a shout out. Yeah. And here's what I want to say about the whole Ellie Tolvanen thing. It's like dating. You may date a really nice person, but they just might not be the really nice person for you, you know? So it may not, you know, don't, don't get all over David Poyle for breaking up with Ellie Tolvanen. He didn't say Ellie Tolvanen was a bad guy. He just says he wasn't the really nice person for him. So yeah, uh, all I could are already over, all over uh, David Poyle. After all game. I could think when I saw that was the the gif from Lord of the Rings where the king says, "And so it begins." Because I was like, "Oh, I know what's coming on Twitter." Yeah, <laughs> and there and, it was. And sure enough, there it was. Yeah. <laughs> hey, and and one more, and I, yeah. it's it's very minor. Um, but, and I know some people are not going to agree with me on this. I want to give a plus to Yakov Trenin for, you know, good hockey, but for dropping the gloves, uh, Mm. against Braden McNabb after the Mark Jankowski hit. Yeah. And look, I I know there are people that are going to be, you know, disagree with me. I know how people feel about fighting. I know people think that, you know, dropping the gloves, you know, for any reason is stupid. And, you know, they say, well, best, you know, retaliation is just, you know, lighting him up on the scoreboard. I get it. I, there's the old school part in me though, is still always, you know, if you take out one of our players, you have to play a physical price for it. Yes. And, you know, so to see, and there have been some moments this year across the NHL, not saying it's right or wrong, but, you know, you've seen players take some dirty shots, you know, some big hits and, you know, nobody in the team really kind of responds to it. And I will say, I do think that tells you about the closeness of this Nashville Predators team. Mm-hmm. When you see somebody like Jankowski, who's a relatively new member of this team, again, he didn't really come to the Preds you know, an NHL lineup until what, like November or something like that. And, uh, you know, to see Yakov turn it immediately, just go over, drop the gloves and, you know, take Braden McNatt a task. Definitely won that fight for sure. I mean, Yakov oh, yeah. is the guy I would not want to drop the gloves with. <laughs> KO'd punches at Dano Chara after all. Yeah. Uh, and to see him take him to task for that and, and give some physical punishment, make him hurt a little bit. That, that to me is something that I personally still like seeing in my hockey. Um, that's, that's just me. I know not everybody has that same opinion and that's okay, but I, I do want to give Yakov turning props for that. I, I do love, you know, Nashville predators. If you see somebody 
you know, get a big hit taking a shot. There's always a scrum. There's yes. always somebody else, um, you know, throwing a cross check and stuff like that. Um, and, and I do like that. And I do like that about the Nashville Predators. So yeah, very, a small plus to Yakov Trenin for that. Can I add just real quickly onto that Yakov Trenin plus? Yes. Played great hockey. I agree with you about stepping up for his teammates. I also want to give a shout out to him because we got to talk to him after the Dallas game. First of all, his English is just, he's done a phenomenal job. He is also funny as can be when asked what the team needs to do differently to get a win next time. Yakov Trenin said, start playing before the second period. So Yakov Trenin, great on the ice, great defending teammates, and a little bit hilarious. Yeah. Kudos to uh, kudos to you, Yakov. Love him. Uh, Get a little run for that. Uh, well, as Anne mentioned, tomorrow the Predators play Les Habitants, <laughs> the Habs, aka the Montreal Canadiens. That's at Bridgestone Arena, and then the Preds have a little bit of a uh, Canadian adventure. They go on a uh, multi-game road trip, uh, and that kicks off. So the Predators uh, looking for a big win at home tomorrow. We'll preview that game, plus much more on the state of the current Nashville Predators. Until though. Then until then though, there's I shouldn't have two TH words back to back. That's too tough. <laughs> and just tell the people where they can find your work. You can find my work online at insidethepreds.com. And you can find me on Twitter at Ann K underscore mama on ice. And you can find me at onthefourcheck.com. Follow me on Twitter at underscore NS Morgan. Uh, also, be sure to follow the podcast on Twitter at LO underscore Predators. And however you're listening to us, whether it's on your favorite podcasting platform or on YouTube, be sure to hit that subscribe button so you always know when we have fresh content out for you. That's going to do it for us on today's Locked on Predators podcast. Thank you for making us your first listen of the day. We'll be back with an all-new episode tomorrow. We'll see you then.